I got a, my first visa when I was 13, and I'm going to be 27. That means that more than half of my life I've spent on a visa. I've always wow. been on a visa. Welcome to Moral of the Story, a podcast where everyday people talk about their real life experiences. We live? Yeah. I'm feeling pretty good right now. Yeah. Because everything I've ever wanted is within my reach. But I've got to be impeccable whenever I speak. Sergio, welcome to Moral of the Story. Uh, now, we're excited to have you on, man, because, I mean, uh, obviously, given a bit of context, like, we know that you've you've lived in uh, what, about eight eight countries. You've visited like over 100 cities. And, you know, it's pretty remarkable because on, like, social media from the outskirts looking on, it looks like, you know, you live... A very lavish it, it looks like you're on one big holiday really man but a, a lot of what people don't actually see is the challenges the adversities the rejections that you took and how you actually turned them into opportunities so that's what we really want to deep dive into um you know and i think for for someone that's you know interested in living abroad or you know that you know, facing uh, cultural barriers, language barriers, uh, making a living uh, elsewhere, meeting new people, very different people. You know, you're you're the person that I think of. You know. So where does where does this start, Serge? Where where should we go? Like, does this start in South Africa? Uh, I mean, yeah, for sure. I guess I guess it definitely. That's start in South Africa since I'm born there, you know. Mm. Uh, but you know, like when I when I think back to like you know when 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 I was when I'm from I'm from South Africa, you know, and when I thought like of my life, like oh, I I never moved in South Africa, but actually no, like ever since I was a little kid, uh, I was born in Johannesburg, and then like three weeks later, I lived in Durban, and then after three months, we changed house, and then like I changed house again, and. You know, like as a little kid, I was kind of like here and then we we're there and then we we're living with somebody else. Because like my mom was like a single mom, you know. So mm. my dad, he lives in Angola. He works in Angola. We don't really see him that much. Comes over when he can. But I mean, it's not so easy, you know. So if you can stay, my mom, like we stay with a friend. So it was easier that way. It was cheaper. And then maybe... My, my auntie got sick, you know, uh, I have an auntie that got like cancer. So we like had to move back there. We helped her out. And then like, you know, like it just, you just move with the situation. You know yeah. what I mean? So just that was, and, that, uh, that was um, from young. You kind of got used to moving around from very young age. I, I guess so. I guess so. Like I, I never really thought about it until a little bit later. But mm -hmm. when I look back, I can actually... You know, maybe I did move a lot and I didn't realize it. You know? mm -hmm. But uh, yes, yeah, so I was obviously living in South Africa like uh, until I was like 13 or something, like first year of high school. Um, and then my, like my auntie, I told her she got cancer. She died. So my mom like was a, kind of like a big shock for my mom. So we were like, like, okay, like that's it. We need to like, we need to get out of South Africa. Like, obviously, we know that the country's not crazy. There's not good, you know, like there's a lot of issues, a lot of crime, whatever. So we left. I have some family in Australia, so we went to Australia. 
Uh, I was there for like six months. But so like I did my first year of high school in South Africa. I was in grade eight, the first year of high school, for like three months. Then I moved to New Australia and in Australia, you start a year earlier. So I got pushed up a grade. So I was in grade nine for year nine, sorry, for um, three weeks or one month or some shit. And then we moved to New Zealand in the same year. So still my first year of high school, moved to New Zealand and I was there for like six months. And because in New Zealand, they finish a year later, I got pushed up again. So like my first year of high school, I was in grade eight, nine and 10. Hmm. And then we came back to Australia and uh, I got pushed down because obviously it's like the same thing. And um, I did a school in Sacred Heart. And then they told me like, oh yeah, um, I, I was like there a whole term, like right at the end of the term, uh, the principal was like, hey, bro, by the way, um, we looked at your paperwork and uh, actually you need to leave the school today. I was like, what? Huh. And they were like, I was like, how is that possible? Like, I, I've been here for three months. I had an interview with you. Like, I went through all the process, like normal. And he was like, yeah, actually, we're not allowed international students or some shit. And you have to leave today. And I was like, okay, but I can leave at the end of the week. You know, I can say goodbye to my friends and stuff. And they're like, no, 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 you need to leave today. I'm like, okay. So boom, I like, got my, he was like, go get your shit and get out. Like, no, get out, but like, he was like, kind of get out. You know? yeah. <laughs> so I kind of like, go kick. I didn't do anything wrong, you know? And then that's when I went to, to Woodville mm-hmm. and met you guys and shit. Um, and then obviously I was in Australia for, for a while, always on a student visa, yeah. just trying to get like, uh, obviously a way into the country looking for like ways to, to get my way in. But obviously it's a bit difficult because like, like I went to school with you, Fabian, and you were sitting right next to me in maths, you know, and I think your school fees were like $300 and I was paying like $11,000 a year. You know, Damn. and I was, so I was working like after school. My mom was, uh, she's allowed to work 20 hours as well because she was my guardian, you know. So my mom was working, I was working and we were using that money to pay for the school fees. And like, we were staying obviously with my auntie. I stay like sometimes in the same bedroom as my mom because it's obviously not enough place or whatever, you know. So it's not always easy you know everyone's like ah cool like even my friends from south africa you know they're like ah but i think that's what also makes it uh easier is that i know that in south africa i have some friends you know that they live in like not cool circumstances you know Mm. like uh i have a friend who's in like bro like it's like it's like the size of a bathroom yeah like literally the size of a bathroom he has the kitchen, the bedroom, the everything inside this like bathroom size, bro. And he lives with his mom until he was like years old. And I never, ever, 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 ever heard him complain once. He's like the nicest guy. He's he's a solid guy, bro. Like you know, he's a genuine good guy. He's always happy. Mm. He's always helping people. And you know, like anytime I'm like feeling a bit like. I'm feeling a bit, I don't know, whatever, you know, I'm not feeling good. I'm like, shit, this is, I'm, I don't know how I'm feeling. I'm just not feeling good. I remember this guy and I'm like, bro, you can't complain. Mm. Like, this is not somebody I saw on a, on a TV show once, you know, this is my boy. Like, when I go back to South Africa, I go say hello, we like, go have lunch together or something. It's my boy, you know, mm. it's 
not like somebody I just kind of, and I know where he's from, I know where he lived, I know what he's doing, and I'm like, shit, like, I can't complain about my life, I, I'm, I should be grateful, you know? Explain, but yeah, anyway. Explain the differences yeah. in culture, because it seems like South Africa, you got a good, like a humbling experience for your time there, and then you moved to Australia, and from what I remember, you used to move around a lot. And I don't know, man, I feel like you'd have a great perspective of the differences in cultures. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, and I'll, I'll talk about this later when it comes to like where I'm staying now. But um, I feel like everybody is actually the same. You know, like we're all the same. Like we're all humans, bro. And honestly, all the same. Like, and I, I saw that in high school very quickly. I saw that in every single high school. Doesn't matter if you're rich, if you're poor. Because I went to like private high school. I went to poor high school. I went to government high school. I went to everything in three different countries. So you know, like uh, you see very quickly that actually we're all the same, bro. Mm. There's the funny guy in class. There's the bully. There's the flirty girl. There's the stupid guy. There's the intelligent guy. You know, there's, there's all these stereotypes, but it's real. Like, there's always this type of person in every type of, like, society, you know? Mm. Of course, at the end of the day, we eat different foods and we act certain ways. But at the core, I think we're all the same, mm. you know? We're all different, but actually, actually we're the same. But I think also sometimes it's also uh, a little bit of education, that makes it different. You know, like, for example, like sometimes when I meet people that have traveled, they know that there's other people out there and there's other cultures and there's other countries and people are not, oh, like they don't have such a big head, you know? I feel like a lot of people, if they never travel, they have like this big head of like, you're so lucky to be in my country. Like, this is where I'm from. You're lucky to be in my house. Mm. But it's not like that, actually. Mm. It's like, you know, we're all sharing the same planet and you should be able to go wherever you want, do whatever you want. It's chill, you know, like, if you come to my house, I'm happy. I welcome you, you know. And I feel like people that have traveled, they know that difference. They know that it's cool to welcome people from other countries. It's cool to be like, hey, come, visit. I want to show you around mm. because you know how it is to be on the other side of the fence. You know, when you have that, maybe it's compassion. Maybe it's that. I don't know what it is. But I know, like, people, when they've traveled, they're real and they, they open their minds and they see that actually, you know, uh, shit is not cool when you go to another country and people are like, ah, this is my house. Ah, I don't like immigrants. Don't like tourists. But, bro, you know, like, we're all just trying to enjoy life. We're not, I'm not here to cause shit, you know. Mm. And I think that's also pissing me off about like when people talk about refugees. I mean, I don't know I'm getting off topic, but when people talk about refugees and shit, I'm like, bro, you know that that guy, he left his house. He left everything that he knows. Mm. He left his his friends to come to your country because he thinks that maybe he has a chance of a better life. And when he comes to your fucking country and he got a better life, his better life is staying in a fucking three square meter room we're fucking 10 guys, bro. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and he's happy to do that because that's a sacrifice he's willing to make. And he's he's willing to be like, 
You know, like he's going, okay, I'm going to go live in another place where I don't speak the language. I don't know the people. I'm going to live in a room three by three with 10 other guys. I'm not going to have a job. Uh, I'm going to have to hustle super hard and barely eat every day. Uh, fuck yeah, I'm going to do that. Mm. Why do you think he's doing that? Because he's got such a fucking cool life back home? No, bro, because he's just trying to be, you know, humans are humans. We're just trying to like live a better life. We're just mm. trying to do something for ourselves, you know? Mm. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to take it yeah. back. Um, to, yeah, my no, that's no, all good. We, we can go on a tangent. <laughs> but I want to take it back <laughs> to, um, so when you were living in uh, Australia, um, now there was yeah. a situation with your visa because you had uh, to leave. Uh, tell us about that. Like why, what happened there? Why did you have to leave Australia? Uh, so like I said, uh, the way I got into Australia uh, was with a student visa. So if you have a student visa, you pay like $10,000, $11,000 a year. And that's to go to like college or high school, right? Um, university is crazy. University is like $40,000, $50,000. And there's no help from the government. You have to pay up front. You know what I mean? Like before you start the course, you have to pay for everything. There's no like, oh, yeah, you can pay in 30 years or in 10 years or we take it off your salary. There's nothing like that. It's like, you want to pay? You want to come? Okay, you pay, and you pay before. So mm. you know what I mean. It's kind of it's fucking expensive. You're only allowed to work like twenty hours a week. It's really it's not easy, you know. Mm. But it lets you get that foot in the door, you know. So uh, obviously, I thought that was a good idea. So I came on a student visa, and once I turned eighteen, my mom she wasn't my, allowed to be my guardian anymore. So uh, she went on a student visa as well, so that she could just stay, you know. Um, and then, uh, I, uh, was looking for like jobs that I could like, um, get, because if you get like a manager job, you can get sponsored and then you can stay. Right. So I was working everywhere. There was even a time where a girl from school, Eleanor, she was like, Hey, if you need a manager job, you can work at Macca's. Uh, you can get it in like three to six months. I was like, all right, see. So I went, I had an interview with the guy. And the guy was like, I was like, bro, listen, I'm not coming to McDonald's because it's my dream career. I'm coming here because it's a big sacrifice for me, but I need to do what I need to do. Can you promise me a manager job in like six months? And he was like, yeah, no stress. If you come here, you work hard, we're going to train you. In six months, you're going to be manager. I like, sick. All right, I joined. My first fucking day, man, I rock up. There's like 12-year-olds and 13-year-olds. And I'm fucking 18, 19, bro. 20 years old. I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? I look at myself in the mirror. What am I doing here? But I knew that it was obviously for a greater good, you know? So you just, you know, that there's a goal at the end of the day. So you keep, keep hustling, you know? And then these motherfuckers, at like uh, four months or some shit, four and a half months, they changed ownership. And a new manager came. She was like, yeah, uh, we don't know, uh, six more months. And they hired somebody else that has never worked at McDonald's before. And I like trained myself to do everything. And then they hired somebody else. I'm like, this is some bullshit. Mm. So I changed work. Same thing again. The guy was like, bro, I promise you we can get you a position in three, six months. I'm like, all right, sick. Same thing again. I oh, actually know we can't. My bad. All these false promises, you know. And after like the third time that it happened, I was like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. 
I'm sick and tired of this shit. So my dad, he lives in Angola, right? So I was like, all right, so I'm going to go live in Angola for like a couple months with my dad. I'll get some manager experience there. And then I'll try and come back in Australia. And then I can say, hey, listen, I have three months manager experience at this factory in, in Angola. I have something better than just supervisor or whatever else, you know? So I said, okay, I'm leaving. I went to Angola, I was with my dad, I was working there with him. And then I applied for my visa while I was in Angola. It's like a, for us to get a tourist, and it was a tourist visa to go see Fagin in uh, Gold Coast. It wasn't even like a big ass visa, you know? It was a tourist visa just to come for like a couple of months. So I, uh, it, took, it cost like $250 and then it's like a month's waiting time, right? So I applied, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I got in South Africa and I was in Johannesburg. I'm from Durban, so like all my people are in Durban, you know? I have like a weird uncle that lives in, not a weird uncle, but I have like an uncle that, I mean, we're not super close, but I have an uncle in, in Johannesburg like one childhood friend, you know? So when I was in Joburg, I stayed with my childhood friend and she was like, hey, you know, you can stay, but only like two nights because I have another friend that's coming. So I was like, okay, cool, no stress. So I stayed the first night and I stayed the second night and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, and I really, because to get the visa, you need to get like your plane ticket as well. So I got my plane ticket, I got, I paid for the visa and then I go to the embassy. I'm like, listen, like I'm leaving today where the fuck is my visa? Like, what's going on? And then she's like, no, your visa's not going to be accepted because like, you, yeah, you, you have nothing in South Africa that's like holding you here, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I just want to go on a holiday visa, man. I just want to go see my family. I just want to go see my mom. I haven't seen my mom in three months, you know? And they were like, your mom's there. Oh man, what's your mom doing there? Blah, blah, blah. And she started like, uh, interrogating me about my mom and shit. And I'm like, bro, like, calm down. Like, and then she was like, yeah, you lied to us. You said that you're going to go visit your auntie, not your mother. And I'm like, whoa, my auntie is a citizen. My mom is just a tourist. Like, she's just down on a visa. Like, I'm not going to say that I'm going to go visit a tourist on a tourist visa, you know? <laughs> I wrote that I'm going to go stay at my citizen auntie's house because that's where I'm going to go stay, Yeah, you know? And she was like, nah, I don't believe you, blah, blah, blah. And then she was just like a huge bitch. And she was like, you're not going. No matter what, you're not going. And I was like, wow, fuck you, you know. So I went to the, so I, and, and the girl was like, yeah, so you can't, I can't stay there. And I was like, bro, I don't know what to do. So I called my, my mom and she was like, it's okay. Like, don't stress, like whatever. And then like, I called my auntie and another auntie. And she was like, hey, go teach English in Asia. So I was like, okay, well, I have a cousin there. So I called my cousin. This is all in the same day, yeah? I called my cousin. I'm like, hey, Trav, uh, you still teaching English in, in Thailand, yeah? He's like, yeah, I'm in Bangkok. I'm like, oh, cool, cool, cool. Uh, listen, so uh, you think I can come stay for, with you for a bit? He's like, uh, yeah, sure, when are you going to come in? I'm like, uh, tonight. Like, I'm going to get the plane now, and I can be there, like, uh, tomorrow, you know? Bro, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, I'm no joke, bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I, I'm literally at, I'm literally at the flight center. Like, he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, I guess. So I'm like, okay, cool. Book the ticket. I booked the ticket from Johannesburg to Bangkok. I left like 
six hours later or some shit. I arrive in Bangkok. He sends me like an address. I get to the address. This motherfucker not there. You know? <laughs> Damn. Like, it's like it's like the Seven Eleven. It's not even his. He just sent me to Seven Eleven. I'm like, damn. How am I gonna contact this guy? I'm gonna have to fucking sleep at the Seven Eleven. This is some bullshit. And then this guy, he just comes in his rugby shorts to go buy ice cream. And he's like, hey, Serge, what the fuck are you doing there? I'm like, bro, I told you I'm coming. He's like, yeah, but I didn't think you were serious. I'm like, bro. <laughs> I just kind of like rocked up at his house, you know, like in Bangkok. So he was like, okay, How old well, were you fuck, here? Right? Come. Uh, I think I was 21. Yeah. 21. Same. So uh, I rocked up and then uh, he was like, okay, I slept at his house. And uh, this was a Friday night. Uh, on a Monday, I went with him to work, uh, to his school. And um, uh, I did like an interview with a couple of teachers. And then on the, I started on the Wednesday, just like that. With no experience. So no experience. I have like a TEFL, which is like a course you can do online. It took me like a week or two. Mm. And I, I did it just because my mom sent it to me and she was like, hey, you know, it could be cool one day. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, why not? Why not? You know? So I did it just like, because why not? But I mean, I wasn't really like a plan plan to go actually do it. You know? Yeah. So I kind of, I started on a Wednesday and then I was working like six days a week and I wasn't really enjoying it. And, uh, I mean, it was cool, but I mean, the day I was working, my cousin wasn't working the day I was working. He was, you know what I mean? Like we never, mm. we missed each other every time. So, and it was like, like no quality of life for me. Mm. I didn't get like a good enough salary. I was working a lot. And I, I was like, fuck this. Describe, um, then, like, describe that first day. What was that like oh, when, bro. You, when you're teaching? Ah, shit. You're, you're right, you're right. I, I need to come back. The first day, of course, bro, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I, don't <laughs> know. I, I was just like, you know what? I'm just, I, you know what? It's pretty simple, man. You know, like we all went to school for 12 years, you know? I just kind of did everything that my, I, I, I just repeated what my teachers told me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you just, say good morning, okay. And luckily I had like kind of younger kids, so it was pretty basic English, you know? So I just kind of sang some songs, like just remember some shit from school, you know? Like just, I think you just have good energy. Kids love that, you know? Yeah. So I was just had good energy. And my husband was just like, just t speak with your hands. Like it helps the kids, you know? So I was like, hey, what's <laughs> your name? You know, like, bro, I had all these shit, you know? Like, I mean, it was, it was, it was no, I, I enjoyed myself really like they're really nice people really cool people but uh in this process actually while i was in bangkok obviously i was still trying to get back to to, to australia and um yeah I, I applied for a second time to come to australia so i paid another 250 dollars uh, to apply to come to australia it got denied again and then uh i applied a third time and uh I remember I got a call at school and uh, I was like, oh, my bad, like I need to take this call. And I went outside, I took the call and it was like, yeah, hello, this is Australian Embassy, you're not getting the visa, some shit like that. You know? hmm. And I was just like, I just started crying, you know, I was like, fuck. Like I just started crying because the thing is like, you know, for me, Australia, it was, I was there for eight years, you know, hmm. <laughs> I mean, I lived eight years my adolescence 
from like what 13 to 21 years old that's that's a big part of your life you know so uh for me it wasn't like i was going to australia on holiday i was going home you know what Mm. i mean like even even today i still have my shit and my uncle's house still in my room you know what i mean like he still has shit in my in his cupboard of mine because i was coming back i was just going for three months i wasn't going forever yeah you know what i mean so it was a big like it hurt a lot to be like you're not allowed to go home you know what i mean like that that real hurt that really hurt me and it was a big big thing to deal with and so when i got like that third call i was just like fuck uh like i just like i cried like i just it it broke me you know yeah and uh that's that's a um interesting like perception you have is that you know even though technically Australia wasn't your birth country and all this, you felt like it was your home. I feel like it's so hard for people to wrap their heads around and, or people take for granted their home. Mm-hmm. Like they, they think, yeah, cause I was born here. This is my home, but ho- what like home could be so much more. It's the memories you build, the friendships you make. You could really, a part of your story that I feel like, is a really big lesson for other people is making something else your home. And I feel like a lot of people may, yeah, maybe struggling with like their identity and what they call home for you. I feel like you're the type of person that you just, you flipped a situation 180 and were able to pivot and adapt in whatever circumstance and was able to build a home. But it's interesting to hear you say how Australia was felt like your home, even though it wasn't your birth country. I thought that was real interesting. Hundred mm. percent. But for like the thing is, at the same time, you know, I mean, you when you're an immigrant, you know, you try so fucking hard to change your ways, to adapt, to to integrate, to be somebody that maybe naturally you're not. Mm. You know, like. There's a lot of things, like when I first came to Australia, man, I mean, what the fuck? Like, I speak English. It's my first language. I remember being in Woodvale and I was like, hey, bro, how you doing? He was like, what? What do you say? I'm like, fuck you, man. I speak in English, dickhead. Like, you speak English, I speak English. How do you not understand me? He's like, oh, bro, you have an accent. I'm like, fuck you, man. Like, this is my first language. Like, make an effort, like, shit. Mm. So, like, I know that I lost... Like, um, I like I don't really even have a South African accent anymore unless I speak to South African people. But I changed my accent on purpose to be able to fit in and to be able wow. to have friends, you know? Wow. So, like, you, 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 you make such a big effort to adapt and to change and to be somebody else. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, actually, to that, all of that, nah, we don't care. Fuck mm. off. You don't have the right paperwork, you know. Get out of here. Wow. It's just like it's some bullshit. You know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's anyway, I want to know. So, when did the like you went from South Africa, um, what Australia, NZ, and back, back to South Africa? Then you landed in uh, Bangkok. What? Where? Where? Where did life take you from there? Where? Where did your you know? Where was next in your journey? Because. Um, Obviously, you landed in in Europe at some point. Where where was it yeah. from from then on? So just 
I'm trying to make it a little bit quicker than yeah, we, we ain't going to go to all those 100, 100 cities. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're not, yeah, yeah. not going <laughs> to. <laughs> Let's break it down. Let's <laughs> but, like, so when I was in Bangkok, right, I, I said, like, I didn't really enjoy it. I, I loved it. Like, I loved it, but it wasn't for me. I was trying to look for something else, you know, better quality of life. And uh, I randomly met some girl in a, in a nightclub in South Africa. And I saw, I added her on Facebook just like that, you know, like, and she posted, like, anyone looking for a job in Vietnam, give me a message. I was like, fuck yeah. So I like, sent her a message, like, hey, like, that job still open kind of thing? And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah no stress. She hooked me up with the, like, uh, the contacts. And then, like, I applied and I was like, yeah, 100%, you know, okay, come. And I was like, okay, sweet. Uh, so like I left, like I gave like my, my kind of like my, I say that, uh, sorry, bro, I'm thinking in French, but like, you know, like a, like a warning, like a 30 day warning resignation. that I'm leaving mm. resignation. Yeah. So I gave like my resignation and then, um, so I left after 30 days, whatever it was. And then I flew to Vietnam, I flew to the Hanoi, uh, the capital. And then, uh, the guy was like, yeah, I'm going to at this place, blah, blah, blah. I got the bus, boom, sent me down south. Uh, I was in Ninh Binh. It was like an hour and a half away from the city. And I was there for like two, three months. I brought the city. It's kind of like a tourist city sometimes, but like on that side. And where I was is like just Vietnamese people. Mm. And that's it. Like, fuck all. Like the only other English-speaking people were like three Filipinos that I like kind of kept to themselves. You know, like Filipinos are very like community, you know, like, they on their own like kind of vibes, you know. Yeah. And I'm just like this white guy from fucking South Africa. They're like, we don't care about this guy, you know. Wow. They're all super nice to me, you know, super super nice. Mm-hmm. But we're not the same at all. So uh, it was kind of like you're on your own, bro. So I was kind of like on my own for like two three months. That was a bit like a little bit hard, you know. Yeah. But um. I don't know, you just, I what just focused a, on other shit. And what was a day in the life yeah. in Vietnam, in those, in kind of the rural, not rural, but just outside the city areas? Like, do you just get up, go to work, come back? Like, I know how hard it is to talk <laughs> to Vietnamese people. I was there with you for a, uh, a couple months, but, and I felt it, even though I had you around and your mum around, I felt it. But I can't even imagine just being by myself, self, like, that's it. Or <laughs> the thing is, is it's funny, man. There's there's a lot of it's real cool though, to be honest. Like there's moments where just so random. Like the one time I came, I was walking home, you know, and uh, these Vietnamese guys they look at me like, hey, da 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 da, and I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Like, I was like, hey, you know, and they're like, yeah, beer, beer, beer. Hey, fuck it. Why? It's beer. Get us a beer, bro. So, like, the guy, they pay for it. They get me a beer. And they're like, yeah, 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 eat food, eat food, you know. But if I, this is in, in Vietnamese. Huh? I'm just translating in my head. Like, I just suppose what they're saying, you know. Yeah, they're yeah. like, mm, I'm living here. You know, I'm like, hey, sick, why not? Yeah, that's sick. So, I eat, like, something, bro. And the thing is, in Vietnam, I never know what I'm fucking eating, to be honest. Like, 90% of the time, I don't really know what I'm eating, you know. And I'm eating this. I'm like, damn, this is good, man. What is this, you know? And he said, I said the word. I'm like, what is this, bro? So I get out Google Translate, you know. And then he whips out Google Translate. He's like, frog. 
I'm like, damn, that's good frog, bro. <laughs> it's the first time I'm like, fuck, I'm like, fuck bro. But, you know, anyway, yeah, so cool. You know, it was really cool, cool experience. And then like another night, I'm coming home. I'm like, I'm a bit hungry, you know. And because it's kind of like mountains around, there's a lot of goats. I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to eat some goat today. So I'm going to like this goat restaurant. And I'm like, ah, damn, what's the thing on the menu? I'm just like, uh, can I get a number three? So then... This lady like, yeah, no problem, no problem. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to ask Google real quick because I'm not sure about this number three. <laughs> I look on Google, bro. God damn. I got goat's brains. I'm like, yo, 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 change. Boy, It's goat's brains? Come on. Ah, nah, fuck that. Hey, yo. <laughs> nah, 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 not today, yeah, not today. <laughs> <laughs> That was, even, bro, even my birthday, you know, I spent my birthday alone. That was horrible, man. Yeah. I had my, my birthday, and, like, obviously, I know nobody, you know, so I spent my birthday alone. I called my mom, and my mom was like, Sergio, go spoil yourself. Go to a restaurant and go eat something nice. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, you're right. I'm going to do that. I go to a restaurant, bro, and I'm like, look, there's kind of, like, kind of pictures, you know, but you can't really see. It's very bad quality. And I'm like, damn, that looks like chicken wings. And I know that uh, ga means chicken. So I'm like, chicken, kind of see like, my, I guess it's chicken wings. So I'm like, yo, I guess some of those, please. Yeah. It comes, bro, it's fucking chicken feet. I'm like, man, <laughs> how am I doing this to myself? Like, I got chicken feet. You rolled the, you rolled the like, dice with that one. <laughs> the worst birthday present ever to myself. I gave it to like the cleaning lady. She was so happy, bro. She's like, damn, mm. chicken feet. This guy good. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, bro. It wasn't for me. What was, uh, but, yeah. nah. what was your, what, what's the, uh, the hardest part? Is it, is it, is it the, like being alone and just constantly just having these little, like times where it's just like, you just, like, is it, yeah, what is the hardest part about being in that environment? Uh, uh, yeah, I think I think it's just like probably like the isolation. But then at the same time, you start to ask yourself a lot of questions. You know, it it, it kind of cuts your confidence as well with a lot of things. You know, because you kind of like it's me, I'm the problem. You know, like right. or but so at the same time. You know, like there's a lot of moments, bro, where you're kind of just like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't know anybody here. Like, I really could not give a fuck. Like, bro, like so many times, I don't know why. Maybe it's movies or something that had an influence on me. But when it rains, bro, I love. I'm like walking home and it starts raining. I'm like, fuck it, I'm wet. I don't give a fuck. I just start like singing and I just get like this, this energy and happiness bro i'm so fucking happy i'm just singing in the rain i'm walking home singing in the rain i'm completely wet because i'm like i can't get any more wet than i am already you know once you wet you wet there's no level of wetness i'm like fuck it like singing in the rain bro vietnamese people looking at me like what motherfuckers is crazy you know like bro they're looking at me like what the fuck and I'm like, bro, I don't care, you know, like, just there's sometimes where you just like, fuck it, I don't care, I don't know, you people, you don't speak the same language, 
you're gonna insult me that's okay i don't, I don't care you know like it seems but, like every time you but, hit a low point you you flip it like yeah yeah how, but how you do, have to yeah you mm. have to you have no other choice right like you just got to this is what it is. yeah can that i ask can I ask Serge what what would you say it was out of your whole experience? What uh, is there a, a specific moment where you thought like you've you've hit rock bottom? Like where was what was your your lowest point? Like that that almost that breaking point? Like, bro. To be honest, uh, you know my sorry. Coming back to Australia real quick. My mom, you know, uh, there's a, there was a couple of times where she was like, fuck this shit. This is too hard. I want to go home, you know? And my mom is like, my mom, bro, you know, like, mm. uh, it's like the person you look up, you know? So to see her crack, I'm like, damn, like, what the fuck? Like, no, no, don't, don't crack. Like, we stay in here. Like, no, no, we, you know, like, I, I was like, fuck that shit. We're not doing that. Like, we we staying here. Is this for the greater good? Like, even though I know, like, sometimes it gets hard, I know what is, like, the end objective. You know what I mean? Like, there's days where I'm like, fuck, man. Like, what the fuck am I doing here? But I know that it's just temporary. And I know that, like, there's an end goal. And that's what's the most important part. You know what I mean? So, like, yes, okay. There's that song, you know, if you get knocked down, you gotta just, just get back up, you know what I mean? It's And I think it's a real important thing that people don't appreciate or acknowledge is like, you're allowed to get knocked down, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, that's that's okay. That's normal. The important part is to get back up. Mm. That's, that's, that's what's important. Get knocked down is normal. It happens to every single body. But the most important thing is to not stay down, mm. to get back up, you know what I mean? That, that's, that's what I think is the most important part and also to just like if you fall down fall down bro <laughs> go for it cry let it out mm. but mm. it's not it always going to be like that and, and you know what the thing is as well uh, i think i like had a there was like a time in my head where it just clicked you know where i was like fuck it you can't control sometimes it's just shit you can't control you know yeah. like when i'm in a bro, in buses in vietnam it's crazy, bro. These motherfuckers is on another level. They're driving at like 120 in a fucking bus, bro, at night. They're like, wah, wah, wah. They're like Jesus Christ, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm yeah. going to die tonight. And you know, the thing is, the first time you, you get it, you're like, oh, shit. It's over. It's over for me. I, di- I just killed myself. I just, I did this to myself. Why did I get this fucking bus? I'm killing myself. And then you're like, hey, you know what? This guy don't want to die either. Fuck it. If I die, I die. You know, I, I kind of have like this faith that everything happens for a reason. If it is, it is. Like, it, it, it will be what it is meant to be. You know? yeah. uh, like I have no no regrets. I have no like, like of course you, there's sometimes where you're like, maybe I should have done that. Maybe I should have done that. But I don't have any regrets because I mean, everything happens for a reason. And I, there's a lot of lessons that I got from my mom that I never realized at the time, but with life, I realized, fuck, my mom taught me that. And mm. I'm so lucky that she, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's a blessing in disguise, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, this happens to me 
all the time. It is what I tell myself all the time. Whenever there's something shit that I'm like, oh, man, why this happening to me? Why this happening to me? I just tell myself, it's okay, bro. It's meant to be. It's a blessing in disguise. You know, like the, the visa that got denied in Australia, that is meant to be. You know, at the moment it hurt, but it's meant to be. It's okay. Because I was meant to do other stuff. I was meant to travel the world. I was meant to go do this. Because if, if I got accepted that visa, maybe I went back to Australia and I would have done just like a normal job and I would have just been like, okay, we're life. And that would have been it, you know? Mm. Maybe I was meant to get like denied that visa and that forced me to go to Vietnam. That forced me to go to meet uh, my ex, Kemi. You know, that forced me to travel the world. That forced me to be where I am right now. You know, I am where I am right now because my visa got denied. Mm. Maybe at the time, happy about that. But right now, there's not a fucking chance in hell that I would be here if I got that visa. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, super grateful that it happened. Of course, at the time, you don't want to believe that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're mm. like, shit. And I, but, I love how you, no, I, I love how you say... Like, you've just got to, like, if, if you're having a bad day, just let it happen. Because, you know, like, in three months' time, you'll look back at it and feel like that was a blessing. I just didn't realize it at the time, but it, it's, I now put that in my mind in a space where it's a blessing. And, and you're almost appreciative of it. And so anyone going through tough times, like, yes, it's just a dark cloud over your head, and that cloud will pass. Talk to us. Yeah, um, sure. Talk to us about after Vietnam, and how you got to so, where you are now. Yes. So uh, basically, what happened is I was in that small city, and then I moved to like Hanoi with uh, another South African friend of mine. Uh, he moved there, and then I was there, and that's where I met my uh, now ex girlfriend, Kenny. Uh, she's like a, a French girl from Toulouse, and uh, we met in Vietnam in the, nor in the north. And then uh, we kind of like, uh, yeah, kind of like got talking, whatever. So she was like, hey, listen, I'm going back to France for Christmas. You want to come with me? I'm like, uh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck going to say no to that, you know? Uh, so I was like, yeah, 100%. So I played, applied for my visa. Again, like 200 euro or something. Applied for my visa. And it wasn't accepted. So I just lost 200 euro again. Yeah. Another visa rejection, you know? And uh, she didn't understand at all. She was like, but what the fuck? You're just going to come visit me and my family? Like, I don't understand. And I was like, hey, <laughs> visas, you know, like, when you go to that South African passport, it's difficult. You know? mm. Anyway, uh, that visa got denied, so I went down to South Africa. And then she met me there, and then we went to live in Ho Chi Minh. And then uh, in Ho Chi Minh, we're like, okay, well, she wants to go do some studies, so we went back to France. And then uh, we were in Toulouse with the family and shit. And uh, obviously, at this point, I feel like zero French. You know, like, like I said, je m'appelle, bro. I don't know how to say shit. <laughs> and anyway, so like we go back to France and then we're there for like three months. And then it was a bit like we realized, fuck, it's really impossible for me to stay longer than a tourist visa. And a tourist visa is max three months. Mm. And that was obviously 250 euros, like 21 different paperwork, you know. And it took time. Like, we had to get, like, a paper. Like, the police had to go to her mother's house, look at the house, make sure the house is okay to accept me, sign a paper, sign, like, some certificate, 
Then they had to send the certificate. It cost 60 euro for the certificate. They had to send the certificate all the way to Vietnam. And with that original certificate, I could apply for the visa just for a tourist visa for three months. Wow. Uh, it was such like a, bro, it cost like 300 euro because the certificate was 60 euro, visa was 250. It's just like bullshit, you know? So anyway, I ended up getting a visa on the last day because the flight was on the Sunday. And on the Friday, they gave me the visa. Bro, when they gave me this fucking visa, man, I was crying like a fucking baby, bro. I had like a massive vein in my head. I was crying and crying. I was just so happy. Mm. I went back to the embassy and I was just said, excuse me, who gave me this visa? I just want to say thank you to this guy. The guy came out, bro. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Like, he, he almost was like, I'm going to take this visa away. Like, why is the guy so... Like, there's something suspicious about this guy. Why is he so happy, you know? Yeah. I was like, bro, you don't understand. Like, I mean, I've had the last four fucking visas that I tried all denied. Like, yeah, I was so like a relief, you know? And anyway, long story short, um basically we couldn't figure out a way to stay in France. So we were like, okay, well, I have to leave. I don't have an option. You do you want to follow me or do you don't want to follow me? She was like, no, 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 I love you, I want to follow you. Like, okay, cool. So we already lived in Asia. So we're like, okay, let's go try South America, you know? So I looked at some countries and we saw like where I could go. And then we're like, well, Argentina sounds cool. So we looked at Argentina and then we're like, we don't want to live in the capital city. Like, let's look at some other cities. We found Mendoza, so we're like, yeah, okay, but well, let's go there. So we, I think I have like a six-month visa to go there. Uh, so as a South African, so it was like no problem for the visa. So we arrived in uh, Buenos Aires, got the bus, we lived in Mendoza for a couple of months. What are you doing and to, um, man, uh, quickly money, just, money. Uh, yeah, money-wise, how are you getting around? So, what are you doing to support yourself? Because that's probably like we're hearing or. I pay for this, pay for that. Like, also, how are you supporting yourself doing this? So, on. so uh, I guess the first thing I would have to say is priorities. You know, uh, me personally, you know me a little bit, Fabian. I don't spend my money on shit. Mm. Like, I'm not the type of guy that's going to go buy a polo t-shirt for 120 euros. Mm. You will never, ever, ever see me do that. Me and Garima, another friend of mine, you guys know him. We go all the time to Good Samuel, all the time. Like we know, I know exactly, in my head, I haven't printed every single Good Sammy's, Salvo's, all of, oh, Vinny, all of them, bro. I know exactly where every single one is, bro. I know all of them. I even have a fucking Salvo's card in my in, in my wallet. Like I was proud of that shit. I was like, yeah. You know, like, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not here trying to flex, you know what I mean? I, I don't, bro, I don't give a fuck, man. I know that I got good style. I know how to like dress well. That doesn't mean I have to spend 500 euro, you know, mm -hmm. like I think there's a difference between class and buying class, you know, like some people know how to dress well with minimal shit and some people they have to wear the logo because they don't know how to dress well, yeah. you know, they have to have Gucci because they don't have style themselves. Ooh. So they need to use a brand to make them look good. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I'm my own brand. You know, I I know how to color match, and I know how to make things look good. So I don't need a brand to help me. You know what I'm saying? Hundred percent. I like mm, that perspective, mm. right? I'm wearing a uh, Kmart t-shirt right now. <laughs> are we you flexing on our yeah, yeah. attire now? Yeah. Are we? <laughs> 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 it is, bro. It's got, it cost me like fifty cents. 
I got a black T-shirt that goes for like three dollars, and I put I put got like a an iron-on shit, and boom, ironed it on. Bro, that's thank you very much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bro, you uh. got, I, I even got a T-shirt there with like a bouquet of flowers. It's me, I did the stitching. You know, I put that little bit of bouquet flowers. Google, like YouTube shit. How you do a bouquet of flowers? Boom, YouTube. <laughs> thank nice. you very much. Mm. So, that plain ass black T-shirt is something cool, you know? Yeah. So um. Yeah, you're very uh, conservative with your money, but how are you getting money in? What are you doing at this point, like to be able to travel and do all that? Sure, sure, sure. So, like, obviously, um, when I was living in Asia, there was English teaching in person, yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, and life is kind of cheap. So, you know, it's just about, like I said, like, honestly, it's just about priorities, man. Like, I don't, I don't have, like, a crazy apartment. I don't have, like, crazy shit. I just keep a very basic, minimal shit. You know what I mean? I have a good time. You know what I mean? I know, how to, I know how to have a good time. I can go out and have two, three beers, have a sick night. Mm-hmm. I know other people that have to buy a bottle. You know, like, oh, look at me, bro. You know, like, mm-hmm. go to the clubs at like $25 entry. I don't know, you know, just, I find like this, it's very easy to spend money mm-hmm. and it's hard to not spend. Mm-hmm. So you were but still I doing the teaching? Keep, so I was still doing, this is in Asia, right? Yeah. But once I left Asia, you can't really do like in uh, Argentina. I could do English teaching at a school, but the money there is really bad. So like, it's not worth it. You know what I mean? So I was teaching English online to kids in China. So the hours were a bit difficult, but I mean, bro, it was like three hours a day. So it's 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 chill. Like honestly, like I think I get like a thousand dollars a month if I work like three three hours a day. You know what I mean? Mm. Maybe like six days a week, but like three hours a day. That's nothing, bro. The salary in Argentina is like $500. That's a decent salary. Mm. So I have double decent salary, you know, and I work in three hours a day. And because the country is super cheap, you you have like this higher quality of life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, also, Camille, she was doing some work on Upwork. She was doing some French English editing, some shit like that. Okay. Um, so she struggled with income as well. Mm-hmm. So really, and, um, really, you were a freelancer, freelancing English teacher, like pretty much. Well, like more like a remote. And I was kind of like English teacher. Yeah. But like more like a remote English teacher, and she was like a freelancer because she had like it was kind of like jobs, you know, like yeah. she would get a job, she doesn't have a job. She get a job, she doesn't have a job. I had like a constant job, mm. like a contract kind of thing. Yeah. But it's a bit difficult when you move. You, if you're going somewhere for a while, like because we were there for three months, it was okay. Mm. But you can't do it like every week. You can't. You can't. You can't just like chop and change. You know what I mean? Mm. Because you need to be on time for the lessons. You need to have a good internet. You need to have this. You need to have that. You need to have that. So uh, it's not. You can't. You can't just like uh, go on a travel and be like, okay, sick. I'm going to be an English teacher. It doesn't really work like that. Mm-hmm. But if you want to go live in another country, yeah, probably it's possible for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and like you guys are Australian, that's definitely possible because you have a better passport. Like there's certain companies that only take Americans, Australians and mm-hmm. British. And a lot of like, people don't, a lot of- yeah, a lot of people don't see that. They, uh, they don't understand how valuable uh, an Australian passport is, you know, in comparison to a South African passport, you know, because we could obviously sure. go to a lot more countries you know, and be accepted, you know? Sure. 
yeah, mm. for sure. But for US to travel was like super easy. Mm. I think even like for French people, you know, like if they want to come to Australia, it's like a questionnaire online, bro. It's like, are you a terrorist? No. Have you ever killed anybody? No. You know, like fuck, bro. Like, mm. do you? Ha- you know, like, it's, it's stupid ass questions. You answer like ten questions, and then you have your visa. You know, like me, it's like twenty-one paperwork that take like two weeks to get, and then you have to wait a month, and then it's like two hundred fifty dollars, and then maybe it's accepted, maybe it's not accepted. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Mm. It's so but, funny how based on where you're from, what boundaries or borders you're raised in you're perceived in a certain light like you say you got a south african passport and to apply for a visa you're jumping through all these hoops whereas for us you know we've got it we've got it good bro like as an australian with an australian passport even though we've got different backgrounds like we definitely take it for granted how different it is um yeah but I think also you guys don't know it any different. So it's yeah. hard to it's hard to judge you for that, you know, because I mean of course there's some times where I'm like fuck piss me off, you know, because people are like, Bro, just apply for a visa. Like, are you stupid? <laughs> <laughs> like you know, like even even people when I left Australia or like when I was in Australia and I was like, Fuck bro, I'm trying to like hustle, trying to trying to get this fucking visa that I can stay and live here where I wanna live, you know. It's not like I never want to live in Australia. I tried fucking hard to stay. You know? mm. That was my, uh, like, it's hard, you know? And then you have people like, just fucking apply for a visa, bro. Just a, just ask for, like, residency. Like, I don't get it. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, bro. Like, do, do you really think something I tried so hard to get, if it was so easy, I would have just, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, that's right. Why didn't I think of that? Come on. So going back to um Argentina, mm. um, yeah, yeah. so you move, you guys moved there. Um, how long were you there? Uh, we were there for about three, four months. But like also Argentina, they speak Spanish, yeah. So I don't speak Spanish, bro. We arrived and Camille learned a little bit of Spanish in school. But Jesus Christ, bro, Spanish people speak fast, man. Mm. We arrived bro, in Argentina and she was like, excuse me, where is the, the library? The lady is like, oh, da, da. Bra, bra, bra. <laughs> we were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, this fast, this fast. Ah, okay. But it's cool. Like she didn't change at all. Uh, were like, ah, thank you so much. Gracias, gracias. And fuck you too. Scared of walk, you know? But yeah, you know, it was cool. It was a cool experience. I mean, after three months, I kind of like, I learned, I learned a little bit of Spanish, you know? Like I was speaking to people and I, I could conversate. Uh, so it was okay. Like obviously not as much as French now, but it was okay you know mm-hmm. uh, but we're like we don't really know too many people the country's very poor it's kind of like a hard life for a lot of Argentinians bro like I, honestly I feel real bad for a lot of them like it's a struggle bro mm-hmm. for real Argentina right now is like real tough. it's not easy yeah mm-hmm. uh, so it was hard to live in a country where people are struggling you know mm-hmm. uh, 
especially for Camille. Like I, I was a little bit more okay, you know, but for her, I could see that it was a bit, it was tough, you know. Mm-hmm. And there was a point where, like, fuck, we don't really have any money left, you know. And we met like this really cool uh, Israeli girl. Uh, I forgot her name, shit. But she was really, really nice. Uh, and she was like, hey, you know, um, go go to Miami. Like, there's this a homestead there. Uh, not a homestead, uh, a woofing. It's like a volunteer work. She's like, yeah, go there. They're really nice. It's like super chill. You can save some money and uh, you have more time to do your shit. We're like, hey, fuck it. Let's go. Boom. We're left to Miami. So we're in Miami and we'll, we stayed there for like a month and a half or something, two months. And uh, really cool. But to fly from uh, Chile to Costa Rica, the flight goes from Chile, Miami, Miami, Costa Rica. Yeah. Mm. And I just changed in the flight in Miami. I'm not staying, right, at this point. So I didn't see any problem. And Camille was like, I don't know. You said African. You always got fucking problems with visas. I'm going to check this. I'm like, nah, it's I, it's international, you know? She's like, nah, I don't trust you. So she Googles, damn, I need a fucking visa to change the fl- the fucking plane in Miami. Whoa. I'm like, wow. So I'm in Mendoza. And bro, Mendoza is the opposite side of Argentina. So I took a 12-hour bus to Buenos Aires. I applied for my American visa, which was $150, $175. And then they gave me my passport back the day before we left, uh, which was like uh, 15 days or something like this. So I had to wait 20 days. I had to wait for this thing. I had to get like, again, 21 photos. I had to have like a fingerprints, a picture, an interview with a guy. It was like, have you ever been to Afghanistan? Are you, do you know how to make bombs? Have you ever been in the military? Really? Like, oh, the I, you know, like, I just want to fucking change the flight. Just change the plane in Miami, bro. I'm not going there. And he was like, oh, okay. But why? But blah, blah, blah. I'm like, mm. oh, my God. And then um, after that, she applied like kind of everywhere as a Montessori teacher. And she got a job in Guadeloupe, which is where I am living at the moment. And uh, for those yeah, that don't know, where's Guadeloupe exactly on a, on a-, uh, on a map? Uh, mm. I think Antigua is probably like the closest British island. And then maybe like uh, Trinidad, no, uh, Puerto Rico, okay. Dominica. Kind of like it. It's the Caribbean. It's the French West Indies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, she, she applied for a job here. She got a job. And then the director was like, hey, do you know any English teachers? And she was like, uh, yeah, my boyfriend. So, uh, yeah, so I came with her. Uh, we got the job. And uh, on the flight, uh, I uh, proposed to get married, you know, uh, because obviously at that point we were still, we were cool, you know. So anyway, we arrived, proposed, everything cool. And then obviously just normal relationship stuff, so kind of mm-hmm. like whatever. Yeah. It's not yeah. really important, but yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, and but now- yeah, I mean, and then now I'm here, still here. I just yeah. applied for like an extension on my visa, so hopefully I can get that. But now I've learned some French, you know, speaking French. But uh, so, yeah, bro, now it's like a, another cultural shock again. You know, I have to adapt again to be French. Mm. Tell know, us like, about when Australian, I have to adapt to be French. Tell us about the uh, language uh, barrier. Like, 
what was that like for you? Because I know, um, you know, there's going to be, obviously we've all traveled to overseas and stuff and that could be the most frustrating part about travel is just that communication. Like even you're trying to find, being in a place where no one speaks English is like, man, I can't even express myself. Like Mm -hmm. what, tell us about that experience that, just that language barrier that you had to that you had to face. Uh, I mean, the thing is, bro, it's really re- like to live in another country is really hard because you have to learn their language, which is cool, huh? which is really cool. But fuck, man, you feel stupid. It hurts your confidence like so bad. Bro. Mm. Like you're really, really stupid, man. Like. You can't express yourself. Like even I was trying to say to you before, they were like tonight, where I came home and I kind of like not complained to my girlfriend, but I had a little like sook. I was like, man, I'm tired. I really, I fucked this place. Fuck France. Fuck all this shit. I want to go home. Like fuck, bro. Like you know, I, it's just small shit. Like I'm playing. You know, I'm playing rugby, bro. It's hard. I have to think about all this shit. There's a lot of adrenaline. I have to think of all the shit I have to do. Then I have to speak in another fucking language. And then people are like, oh, yeah, uh, I didn't understand you. I'm like, fuck you, man. Mm. Speak English then, you dickhead. Like, bro, like, I'm trying so hard, yeah? Like, and then also mm. they'll, they'll say, like, mumble shit, you know? Like, they'll mumble something. And I'm like, if that was in English, I would know what you said, you know? Like, mm. in French, like, I, I'm at that point, bro, where I'm basically bilingual. You know, I'm not... I, I mean, fuck, bro. My girlfriend doesn't speak any English. Mm. She says, mm. like, just how are you? She was like, basic shit. Mm. But she's not, she never spoke English for her ever. So if I'm at the point where I can get a girlfriend in French, I think I'm all right, you know? Mm. Yeah. But, but, I mean, there's still a lot of things where you're tired and people are mumbling and you're like, I don't know what you said. And you just feel so frustrated and there's a lot of times where I'm trying to explain something in rugby. I'm like, okay, guys, like I need you to help me do this. So like my game is better because you you need to like free the ball. Otherwise I can't take that ball, you know? And I'm trying to explain that. And the guys are like, what? Because I'm, I'm not, because it's not my native language. Like mm. I struggle some to express myself. And I think that's what hurts the most. It's not that you don't pronounce correctly. I don't care that I don't pronounce correctly. I don't care that I make grammar faults. It's the 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 like ah, like the the I can't I can't think of the word, but it's like the pressure of not being able to express yourself. Yeah, you know, like that. It's like such a weight. Like you feel ah, like you just want to yell. Like you can't express yourself, and it's so infuriating. Like mm. you feel like somebody has something on your throat. You know. Like, Fuck, man, I just want to say that. Yeah. I can definitely, like, I can definitely relate this to, like, over here in Australia. On the other side of it, I mean, one of my pet peeves is when people tease uh, foreigners for the way they speak English. Like, that is the most disrespectful thing you can do because it's obviously not their first language and they're trying so hard. Like a lot of people tease Indians, um, uh, Arabs, or the, anyone that's not, you know, got the Australian accent and all that. 
hearing your side of it, man, I hope it shines a big light on like people that, um, you know, look at foreigners in a certain way. They're only trying to, they're only trying to communicate the best that they can. And to be honest, English is one of the hardest languages. It's, it doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah. Imagine yeah. that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> For real, bro, they have so many fucking la, la. I'm like, shit, shut up, man. Damn. Horrible, bro. They got gender, genders for shit that don't make sense, you know? Like a spoon is female. I'm like, what? <laughs> for why? Where, where is the penis? Please, someone show me the goddamn penis, you know? <laughs> like, what? I don't, I don't get it. Like, yeah. bro, no sense. Oh, man. Talk to us about, so, like, you know, learning, learning the language. How have you, is it easier, is it, how do you learn? But, so like, uh, in the beginning, like, obviously I spoke nothing, you know, uh, like zero, zero. I knew, bonjour, uh, voulez-vous accoucher avec moi? Which is not correct, is actually, voulez-vous, uh, voulez-vous coucher avec moi? Because accoucher, it means give birth. Coucher, it means uh, like, have, like sleep together. But accoucher, it means give birth. So like you're like yeah I'm a playboy. Voulez-vous accoucher avec moi? Like oh bro oh that's so no no that's yeah. in nine months that's that's not right. <laughs> you're thinking about the future. You're thinking about the future. I <laughs> don't uh, Like there's a lot of things and it's it's real difficult. Like there's a lot of sounds that we don't have, you know. So you have to mm. learn the sounds. You know? Like even my ex girlfriend, her name is. Camille, you know, in English, you just say Camille. Camille, yeah. You know? But for them, the LL, it's like an E, and they pronounce it like Camille. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? Like, what the fuck? Like, I, it took me like ages to say that. And her best friend, bro, it's not, it, it couldn't have been like some person that we saw once a year. So, fucking best friend. Mm-hmm. You know what her name is? Oh. I'm not even yeah, I'm not, yeah, yeah, like, I'm not going to <laughs> oh One more time. Hey, what the fuck? One more time. Why you do that? Why you do that? Oh. Is there an English version? Bro, you got to get that. Bro, you got to. Aurora. Uh, Aurora. Wow. Aurora. Uh, I feel like when someone like punch you in the stomach, you're like. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> the- <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said, you know, what happened to her mother? Maybe they just didn't hear her properly in the hospital. You know, she was choking outside. Like, what do you want to name the kid? What is the biggest challenge? Do you feel like, I mean, obviously you've had to overcome culture barriers, language barriers. Like what has been the biggest challenge throughout your journey? Uh, bro, I think, to be honest, the biggest challenge is definitely to be alone. Mm. Like, you, you know, that's alone in a room full of people. Bro, mm. I feel that all day, every wow. day. Like, I haven't seen my, my mom in like three, three and a half years. I haven't seen my dad in like, uh, I, actually, I haven't seen my dad in like a year. But before that, it's been four years. Mm. And my little brothers and sisters, I have half brothers and sisters that live in Angola. I think it's been like six years, bro. You know what I mean? So it's real hard. And I haven't seen any family for like a long ass time. Like it's it's hard, bro. It's hard. It's hard to be away from family. It's hard to be away from your people. You know, like here, I'm the outsider. Like I have to adapt to everybody else. Like 
nobody like people were interested like oh you're from south africa oh that's cool blah, 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 blah. but it's just bullshit you know it's just like the same old questions like oh what do you eat there oh what is this you know like there's no like i can't i can't like relate to somebody it's, it's different to tell somebody about something and relate to them yeah. you know like <clears throat> it's not the same you know and i think like for you feel real alone and i think there's a lot of people that are like oh yeah uh i like you said babe, before like damn on instagram you live in the life bro you you in the caribbean this motherfucker doing trips like i mean mm-hmm. for rugby bro i live a good life you know i'm real lucky to be where i am uh i would uh, like even my, myself, like, I question myself, like, damn, how the fuck did I get to this point? Mm. Like, for rugby, bro, next weekend, you know what we're doing? We're going to go fly to Saint-Martin to play rugby for the weekend. Mm. It's cool, but I have friends here, but they're not real friends. You know, they're just associates. It's just people that are not, mm. you know, like, I'm a social guy. You know me. I, I know everybody. I say hello. If you, if you see me go out, Everybody knows me. Like, I, I'm always going to pass somebody that I know. I'm going to be, hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, man? But I never met another Fabian. Never met another Dylan. You know what I mean? Another Garamond. Yeah. It's not the same. It's not, it's not, it's people that I know. It's friends. But it's not my boy. It's not my family. Mm, you know the deep, it's, it's deep a, bond. It's a, it's a, exactly. It's a different level of friendship. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And you're not feeling good, but it's not convenient for them. You know mm. what I mean? When you feel down and you want to like talk to some talk to somebody, sometimes you're like, "Hey, you know what? Leave me alone." Your best friend is gonna be like, "Fuck you! I'm not leaving you alone. Shut the fuck up. I'll be at your house in five minutes." <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that's that's like a real friend. He knows mm. he knows you're feeling not. Mm. And he's gonna come to him. these people that you don't know. Like, oh, I'm feeling bad. They're not gonna talk to you for a month because mm. they don't want to deal with that. Sh-. Yeah. They're like, got oh. mm. other problems. Deal with that guy's shit. You know what I mean? So here you actually kind of like avoid telling people your problems because as soon as you tell people your problems, they're kind of like, mm. oh, fuck's sake. Like, you know what I mean? Like nobody has time for other people's shit. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So I guess, I guess that's like the hardest part. But on a positive note, I would definitely say that like people are really scared of traveling and uh, of going to another place and living in another country, it's the best thing you can do, man. Like, I mean, fuck, I speak French. I live in like seven, eight countries. Like, bro, I, I have like a cultural awareness now of so many other people. Like now, when I meet Vietnamese people, I can relate to them, you know? Mm. Like I said, like I, here it's difficult because where I am, because I'm living here now, it's difficult to relate to people of my hometown, but when I'm traveling somewhere else and I meet a Guadalupian, I can be like, I can relate to you, and I can be you can you can relate to so many more people, you know, and you learn so many more things. You you change as a person. You 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 become somebody that you you know like the thing that I I think for the thing about traveling is addictive, because you you realize that fuck me. We are so small, bro. Mm. Like, Dill, you were telling me, like, oh, wow, you traveled more than 100 cities. That's insane, bro. Bro, I feel like I've seen nothing. I feel like wow. I've seen nothing, bro. 
Like the more you travel, the more you realize that there's so much to see, but there's not enough time. There's not enough time. There's so much to see and do mm-hmm. that we don't have enough. Like, and that's what like not I wouldn't say piss me off, but like that is it a shame. Is that like there's so many people that are like, ah, oh, I would love to travel, hashtag travel, blah blah blah. Or you're going to a four-star hotel in Bali, you've already been there before. You know what I mean? <laughs> Trust me. You're not happy. Like, something different. Bro. Like, experience something. You know what I mean? Like, life is not always about the Instagram post. You know what I mean? Just because you went to do yoga in Ubud, it doesn't mean uh, you're a Buddha. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. Like, yeah, I know what you're go, saying. Go, 100%. Go, go experience it for real. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but that's that's my that's my version of it. But uh, I think traveling is like definitely uh, an eye opener. It humbles you more than anything, yeah. I guess, because you realize that hey, you you don't own this world, you don't own your country. You you share it actually. Mm. You share it with everybody else, and we need to we need to adapt ourselves to other people, and we can learn a lot from other people. You know. Like, bro, there's so many times where I've been to a country and I'm like, whoa, that works so well. That is so cool. Like, that is so nice. Like, why don't we do that back home? You know what I mean? Like, mm. there's so many things you can fucking learn from other people, bro. Mm. Like, I think a lot of people are, like, so scared of change. And that's, that's, that's not, like, change is good, actually. Change is cool, man. Like, bro, if you go to Vietnam, you're going to eat some food. You're going to be like, damn, that was really good i love that shit and that's gonna be your thing now and you're gonna eat some food that you're gonna be like yeah that's not for me but that's okay you know what that's a crazy story mm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. there's so many times where where, where something like something crazy happened to me and i'm like that was horrible but now it's a story you know now i have a little moment of my life that i that's intangible you know yeah. like i prefer to spend my money going to a place that i don't know anybody that i don't speak the language and eat some random, horrible, crazy shit and have that story with me for the rest of my life than to go buy a t-shirt that I'm not going to use in six months. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like memories, it's something you can keep with you and that's priceless. You know what I love about uh, how you travel is that you can really relate to the locals because when you go to a different city or, you know, wherever, you actually live like the locals. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. go to those fancy hotels. You really, you eat their food, you you embrace it. And, you know, you have such an open mind and I think that's such, um, you know, something to take away. Like when, if you're going to travel, you know, don't be so close. I'm going to do exactly what I do in my own hometown. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you go out and have an open mind, you know. So I think that's a, a good thing that you have. Hey, Serge, can I ask a quick question? It's taking it back back to um, Australia days or when you were in Thailand and you applied for that visa. If you were to go back to that time and your visa got accepted, like would you take that route? Knowing what you've been through now, if you got a if you got a, um, a chance to go do it over, and that Australian visa got accepted, would you take that route? You know, I, I, I'm turning 27 in next month in June, and that'll be like 
more than half of my life that I've been in music. Like I, I started, I got a, my first visa when I was 13, and I'm going to be 27. That means that more than half of my life I've spent on a visa. <laughs> I've wow. always been on a visa. Like just constantly, constantly on a visa, just, just going wherever I can that I don't have to go back to South Africa and I can try and find a better life. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I love South Africa. I'm not in that <coughs> South Africa is like worst thing ever, you know. But if real every South African knows if you can find a fucking better life, you're gonna try and find a better life, bro. Yeah. Because the truth of the matter is, when you get older in South Africa, nobody gonna look after you unless you have family, unless you have like, if you unless you're rich, you're not gonna be looked after. In mm. France, man, if you get cancer, it's free. If you want, if your kids want to, it's free. University is free. You got to pay like 150 bucks, bro. It's nothing. In university, bro. Like if you're a doctor, doesn't matter what degree, it's free. Wow. Like school is free. You know what I mean? Like they have so many things in place that look after you. You know, or you know, like I would love to live in Australia. It's like it was my home, you know, and yeah. Australia looks. You know, that visa was a tourist visa, so I would say no. It was mm. a tourist visa, me. and I would have just done like three months or some shit. Yeah, that's it. But if you had to offer me citizenship, I'd probably take that citizenship, bro. Because mm. my family is in Australia, my whole life is in Australia, and the fact that I'm not allowed to go back—not not allowed, but like—I mean almost impossible to go back it's kind of it hurts you know yeah that's, so that's crazy i mean if if i could go back and get citizenship cool then i would travel or do something else mm-hmm. but you know like what i'm doing now is not really by choice as well you know what i mean mm-hmm. yes i'm really really grateful that i get to live in the caribbean and i'm really lucky that life pushed me in this direction mm-hmm. but it was never you know what i mean mm-hmm. like got a job here and then I got a job so I came it wasn't like I want to go live in the fucking Caribbean I'm gonna do that no it's just like life gave me an opportunity and I took it you know and I think I think a lot of people they don't maybe they see a lot of people see opportunities in life and they get given opportunities in life but they don't take it because it's scary and I think that's the big thing that people need to like overcome is like you think I'm not scared? You think I'm not scared? You think this is easy? I live in seven country and every fucking time it's horrible. It's it's really difficult. It's not easy. You cry. You you have sleepless nights. But you know what? I know I know that it's gonna be better for you. But it's just like you know but I would never say no to opportunity. Mm. Mm. If you tell me hey, this search tomorrow, I got you a job in China. Okay, let's go. Let's do it. Hmm. I don't speak Chinese. I'm in China. But fuck it. It's an opportunity. I'm going to take it. Because life is short, bro. I mean, if you don't take the opportunities given to you, I mean, what's what's the point? It's not, where's the fun in that? You know? mm-hmm. I mean, even, even with you, Faith, you're like, I, I try to get you to come to Vietnam with me. Of course, you came in the end, you know, and obviously it didn't work out because I had a girlfriend. But I remember a lot of conversations on the phone. Where you were making excuses, like bullshit excuses. Like, yeah. Oh, bro, uh, I, I would love to come. Like, 100% I'll come. 
But the thing is, I just started a gym membership. And uh, hey, 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 this guy. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is this real? Hell no, it's real. <laughs> this is real. Bro, I actually had, I was offered a job in Sydney. I was actually, no, he was tussing up. Bro. To live with me or to live with you? That was, that was, that was actually real. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> bro. You, you know what? He chose you. <laughs> some push excuses too, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm oh, getting offered a job no, in Sydney? It's just an example. It's, it's an example. It's okay. an example. You know, it's easy to make excuses, you know? And it's always easier to find a, I think that's because we're comfortable. Option. I think Australians, yeah. we're just too comfortable. We're not Australian. Don't, don't get it twisted. It's not Australians, bro. It's, it's everyone. Everybody in the whole world. In the whole world. This is what I was trying to say before. Is like Everybody thinks they're special. Yeah. You're not. All the same, bro. It's very easy to get comfortable. It's very easy to be like, oh, yeah, I'm in my little space, you know? Mm. And I think that's... But, but the thing is, once you break out of your comfort zone, you change and then you grow. And then, bro, trust me, when you break out of the comfort zone, great. It's like, there's a lot of adrenaline. There's a lot of adrenaline. And it's fucking cool. And the cool thing is, too, is if you go live in another country, you know what? You start fresh, bro. You're not baby bad anymore. You're not dealing with the bad. You're whoever the fuck you want to be. Because nobody knows you, nobody gonna judge you, nobody knows anything about your past. You create your future. You say, Hey, listen, I'm fucking dealing with bads. I'm this, I'm A B C and you come and you're like confident as fuck. People are gonna not gonna nobody gonna question you, bro. They're gonna be like, Okay, I believe you. Cool. <laughs> mm, yeah. You know what I mean? If, if 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 in high school you were you were shy and everyone was making fun of you, you have made this little persona in your head that Oh fuck! I'm 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 not cool. Uh, I'm really shy. I'm a little bitch. Whatever the fuck your 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 mental persona is that you have of your idea that you have of yourself. Once you go traveling, bro, you are not the same person. You can be whoever you want to be. You you stop the this the state clean. You mm. do whatever you want. You be whoever you want to be. Everybody gonna sick you. Everybody gonna be like, okay, cool. No questions asked. How has your experience or your journey influenced your perspective now? Uh, just to be, I guess, more open to, to opportunities, to life, to people, to other people's experiences, to other people's uh, stories. You know? um, and also, I guess, like, just myself, I, I mean, bro. Like the thing is, there's always like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not anybody crazy. I'm just like a normal guy. I just, it just happened to me, you know. Like I'm just following the path that that's before me. Yeah, I love that. I love that, Serge. Mm. Uh, I take so many lessons from your story, hey. And uh, continue. Oh, like I know there's gonna be a book sometime or a movie. Like, I always tell other people, bro, like, you, if there's one person that needs to write a book or create a movie around their life, and I, I'd see you, bro. Like, I know there's, you've only touched on a few stories. I know there's, like, 10, 50 others yeah, that you true. can touch on, man. <laughs> we might need to do a part two a for lot. that. Mm. A lot of stuff. Yeah. No, we really, uh, we really appreciate you taking the time. I know it's getting late there, but to even come on, uh, you know. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks Serge. Man. Cut. That's that action.